No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Let's go. of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Thank you for joining us. As always, tonight's recommended drink is cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack, bland brand no-name crackers. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast right here on d Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I hope you had a lovely weekend because I certainly did. And as always, we've got so much to get through. And so little time. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to tell me what a great weekend you had, then you can do so by following me on Twitter. At Boogie Bumper, ladies and gentlemen, tonight it's all about healing. I want to make you feel better about yourself. I want you to be in the best possible frame of mind that you can be in to face the challenges that lie ahead. Because it's all up to you, citizens. It's all up to you. You you need to give more. You haven't given enough. You need to give more of yourself and you need to be open to change. You need to, you need to be able to grow to become a better person, right? That's ultimately what we want, isn't it? Everybody to become a better person than they already are. So please, ladies and gentlemen, if you could just do your absolute best to join me tonight. <laughs> Amberlina, fuck healing. Fuck healing. We're off to a fly. So we'll go through some of that. I've also got uh, some, you know, hot goss off the press for you. Some new news. Some new news. But first, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, I like to keep you abreast of what's happening down here in Australia. Nothing very strange to report from Australia today. Just usual Australian things like everyday Australian behaviour. Diver fights off hammerhead shark with Ring a camera. Ring the bell and get your cheese, man. Thank you for the sub, Marcus. Um, I always say Marcus Flembrain. It's Mucus Flembrain. <laughs> sorry, sorry for getting your right name wrong, Mucus. Marcus Flembrain. Diver fights off hammerhead shark with camera on Queensland Reef. Just usual Australian things that we do here on the weekend. It's like playing with dogs, really. Fighting with sharks in the ocean. A man has used a GoPro camera to fight off a six-foot hammerhead shark off the Queensland's Ring Cape the bell York and Peninsula. Get your cheese, man. Thank you for the subs. Uh, Dion Creek, his name is Dion Creek was diving for crayfish on Magpie Reef off Princess Charlotte Bay on Thursday when he came face-to-face with the predator. But let's be fair here. I mean, here's the hammerhead shark. Aren't hammerhead sharks like the least deadly sharks? Like, it's not that big of an achievement, really, is it? I mean, whatever. Whatever, bro. <laughs> I, I guess you think you're tough or something, right? Fighting off a six-foot hammerhead shark in the ocean with a GoPro camera? 
<laughs> Victor Von Trub, six foot isn't a shark. You call that a shark? That's a shark. The keen diver quickly... Oh, Mr. Creek's GoPro was rolling underwater when the shark suddenly appeared out of the blue and went straight for him. I was just about to adjust the camera and I caught the shark coming out of the corner of my eye. Mr. Creek says he hit the hammerhead three times with the camera's stick before it swam away. I pushed the first time, it came at me again. I hit it the second time and I pushed it away the third time just to push away from it. The keen, dri uh, keen diver the keen diver, quickly resurfaced to find that he had escaped his brush with the hammerhead unharmed. I was the only person in the water. There were only two people in the boat, he said. Looking back on it, I'm actually quite lucky. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> you know, I think I was pretty lucky to get out of that. <laughs> yes, you were only attacked by a shark. Everyday Australian things. <laughs> Looking back on it, I'm actually quite lucky, but it didn't faze me at the time. Hammerhead sharks are distinguished by their unique shaped heads and inhabit waters off Australia and around the world. Their distinctive heads help them zone in on prey by detecting the direction of ascent and to see prey both above and below at the same time. Mr. Creek said it's the first time he's had an encounter with a hammerhead shark of that size and he will be more careful next time. <laughs> he said, next week I'll be buying myself a lottery ticket. Whenever I see somebody say that, you know, next week, oh, man, I was lucky to get out of that. Next week I'm going to buy myself a lottery ticket. I always like to think that they might get hit by a bus when they're walking out of the newsagents after purchasing the lottery ticket and it's a winner. Because <laughs> that's the kind of guy I am. Man, I was so lucky to get away with that. I'm going to go buy myself a lottery ticket and then they get hit by a truck. <laughs> with the winning ticket in their hand. Because life is cruel. And we should laugh at it. Uh, let's see the footage. I hope we get some footage. I want to see some footage of this. How's this for a close underwater encounter? How's this? A diver out spearfishing in far north Queensland sent into a spin when an... Ah! <laughs> I don't like sharks. Spiders don't really worry me. Snakes don't really bother me. Kind of used to them. Where I live, there's a lot of them. Minister of Fun, Kimmy of the Diamond. No real Aussie would vow to be more careful. Very true. Very true. So I've grown up with like snakes and spiders being a regular occurrence where I live, like in the part of Sydney where I live. There's not a lot of sharks walking around. I really don't like them. <laughs> And I, I try to avoid going in the ocean if at all possible, just because there are so many sharks around. I mean, look at... If you had this... Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, I don't like that. I do not like that. <laughs> oh, that's awful. I don't... Yeah. Unexpected passerby oh. decided to join him. I was kind of minding my own business. And, hey, Dion. And um, that, that... I don't know why, but I didn't expect him to be a black guy. I, I did not expect that. Seems seems the sharks are just as racist as everybody else. The shark came straight towards me. As soon as it seen me, looking back on it, uh, I'm actually quite lucky. What the video doesn't show is Dion had Ugh. to fight off the hammerhead another two times before it swam away. 
There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Just regular shit we do here in Australia. Staying in Australia now because I want to give you some updates. Want to travel again? What you'll need to do to prove that you're COVID-19 safe. Executing in the chat. The black dude killed the shark with his bare Touchdown hands. in Townsville. Airstrips hey, whoa, whoa, look more whoa, like whoa, swimming whoa, whoa. pools. Oh, I ha- oh, I hate it when tabs just decide playing to decide to play for themselves, don't you? I'm I, this is my computer. I tell you what to do, not the other way around. How dare you just start playing in the background? God, I hate that. Nobody has ever sat there when a, a link has started playing without being asked to play and go, oh, thank thank God that video started playing. I, was, I wouldn't have been able to find the play button on my own. Thank God. Thank you for reminding me that I have to watch this clip. Computer. Thank you for, thank you for keeping me informed. Do you want to travel again? Here's what you need to do to be COVID safe, ladies and gentlemen. For many of us, it's been a good 12 months since we've travelled abroad, and with the opening of international borders on the horizon... Yay! So looking forward to it. Can't wait. You're probably wondering what it's all going to look like. Not not here on this show. (laughs) We already know. We were talking about this nine months ago. You still need your suitcase and passport, but moving forward, you'll most likely need a digital health passport to prove you are COVID-19 safe and vaccinated. Woo! Woo! Thank you for keeping me safe, airlines. I mean, it's really not that much of a big deal, is it? You'll just have to hand over personal private medical information before you're allowed to travel. That's fine. I mean, really, it's you know, don't panic. You're not going to stop getting frisked. You're not going to stop getting cavity searches. That'll still happen. So, you know, you're not going to be missing out. Dr. John Shepard has seen four health epidemics in his medical career, but said it's the first time digital technology has been, quote, needed to better public health controls and minimise the spread of the virus. We need mass surveillance, ladies and gentlemen. We absolutely need it. We cannot go on another day without digital mass surveillance being rolled out across the board. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. (laughs) Sound persons, Google and Apple will gladly help you out with that. Well, you got Microsoft, you got Apple... You got Google and you got Amazon. That looks like MAGA to me. That spells MAGA. Google is MAGA. Let's have a look at what we're going to need here for the future. When we finally board an international flight, won't that be a great day? It will be a... (laughs) Won't that be a great day? (laughs) You know, what I love most about the corporate media is they're so objective and they love us so much. You know, they don't push any kind of agenda or anything. They don't try to soft sell any kind of uh, government drive for more control and more surveillance or anything like that or the erosions of personal freedoms. They don't care about that. They, I love them because they care about us and they love us. They love us. Very different flight. Vaccines, face masks and digital health passports will likely be compulsory, all part of the biggest overhaul to the airline industry since September 11. Well, it looks like I'm not going anywhere anymore. Ring the bell and get your cheese, man. 
Oh, thank you for the sub, Lou Ferrigno. I don't know how many of you have actually either flown to Australia or flown out of Australia. I don't know if you know this or not, but to get anywhere, you know, else in the world from Australia or get to Australia takes a hell of a long time. Imagine having to wear the face mask on a plane for 20 hours. Oh, God. It's already uncomfortable enough. You might have forgotten what this looks like. Yeah, I'm not missing it, to be fair. I hate flying, and I've never liked it. If I fly, I have to get nice and boozed up and pop a couple of Valiums. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm no, I'm not the only one who's like that. But I've just never liked flying. Sounds like. And that feeling of taking off into the skies. For many of us, it's been a good. Sort of all the positive, like disco music. Can't you? You just can't wait to get back to flying, can you? You just can't wait to travel internationally. Don't worry, there's going to be a new normal to keep you all safe. Thank you for keeping me safe, international corporations. 12 months since we've travelled abroad. And now with the opening of international borders on the horizon, mm. you're probably wondering, what is it all going to look like? <laughs> You'll still Why do they present everything like we're five-year-olds now? <laughs> you're probably sitting at home wondering, what is a plane going to look like? What rules will I have to follow in order to get on the plane now? And you know, I don't. I, I used to. I used to be somebody who hates saying "I told you so," but now I'm not anymore. I told you so. I mean, we literally said on this show, like back in Feb, right? It will start with international travel. They'll say you don't have to get the vaccine, right? And I'm not even an anti-vax guy, but I am definitely pro people having a choice as to whether they take one or not. I'm definitely anti government forcing things into people's arms needles specifically i'm not i'm not a fan sorry but i said you watch it'll start with something like international travel i'll say look you don't have to take the vaccine but if you want to get on a plane you'll have to take it winning tv with a diamond will they take away the crotch rub down no absolutely not i mean what do you, what do you expect these tsa agents after having Years and years and years of crotch-grabbing privileges. They're going to fight for the right to keep that shit. Come on. We're keeping you safe, Phil. We're keeping you safe. So I said, you watch. It'll start with international travel. And I'll roll it out under, you know, with international travel. And I'll say, you will. I'm sorry. You don't have to have the vaccine. But if you want to travel internationally, you're going to have to have the vaccine. And then I'll say, well, it it works so well at the airport. It's keeping so many people safe. It's just such a great plan. Let's roll it out across the board now. Let's do trains and buses. And then we'll do the supermarkets. I was in Sydney last night. And, you know, walking down a street with like a whole bunch of, in a, in a kind of like university part of town. And I'm walking down a street where it's all like, you know, you know, secondhand clothing stores and vegan cafes and shit. And it was the most depressing shit I've seen in my life. Every single store had one of those QR code scanners on it. Everyone. Not just the bars, 
not just the restaurants, not just the supermarkets. You know, if you ran a, a corner antique store, which was empty 98% of the time, you had one of those QR scanners. So basically, in, it's, it's mandatory now. So on the one hand, you've got the government and people apply, oh, we're getting our freedom back. Everything's going back to normal. On the other hand, you literally cannot go into, yes, Newtown, exactly, fascist hippie. On the other hand, you literally can't go into any store or any building in Sydney now without first alerting the government as to why you're there, right? Here's my details, here's my phone number, here's my address. Please keep tabs on me. It's fucking scary how easy it was. It's very easy. <laughs> It'll never happen here, right? In, in a city of 5 million people, it's already just become normal now. You know, if you thought you could just go down to the to the local bar and sit down and get yourself a steak dinner and have a couple of pints, sorry, not unless you first tell us who you are, where you're from, what your phone number is and what your details are. Sorry about that. Oh, what? I don't have a phone. I, I'm sorry. I don't have a phone to scan. Well, sorry, then we can't let you in. <laughs> They've basically... They've basically, without, you know, writing any law or anything, they've now made smartphone ownership mandatory by default. Yay! Thank you for keeping me safe, Mr. Government. You'll need oh, and by the way, it's a conservative state government and allegedly a conservative federal government. So can we please get out of this... Can we please get out of this habit of saying, well... If you want all this to stop, you better vote for the Conservatives. <laughs> okay, okay. Good job, mate. Your suitcase and this old thing. But moving forward, you'll most likely need a... Ernie Banks in the chat. Soon they will just use your face. Oh, they've already started. We've covered that on the show too. They've already started in places like schools and stuff doing uh, facial scans to get into buildings. It's so much more convenient. Do you remember when we played the clip from China? We're copying everything that China's already done over the last two years. I, I keep saying it, but it's true. You remember we played the clip from the Chinese government official who said that they're rolling out facial recognition software in the train stations in exchange for having a ticket? And when he was asked, why are you getting rid of tickets and replacing it with facial recognition cameras? And he said, because sometimes when you'll come out to catch a train, uh, people are carrying a heavy bag. You know, it can be very inconvenient to uh, get your ticket out of your pocket when you're carrying a heavy bag. <laughs> yes. We need mass surveillance rolled out across the board and facial scanners because... Getting a ticket out of your pocket at the train station is such an inconvenience. It'll never happen here. <laughs> coffee Talk with Sandra with the diamond. DLive.tv slash Coffee Talk with Sandra. Yes, you have a heavy bag. You know, you cannot be fumbling for your ticket when you have a heavy bag. A digital health passport oh, to prove you're COVID safe and vaccinate. Yeah. This is 21st century approach to a pandemic. Dr. John <laughs> Shepard's seen four health epidemics in his medical career, but says it's the first time digital technology has been needed to better public health controls. Needed. Interesting choice of words, isn't it? No, no, no. 
This is the first time that we've actually needed mass surveillance. <laughs> wow, I'm so happy. I'm so thankful that we had the infrastructure in place already for this. I'm so happy that the funding and the planning and the work was being done on the digital passport two years ago because it just so happens now we need it. Wow, we're so lucky. <laughs> you know, when the Rockefeller Foundation started funding the digital passport scheme back in 2018, I'm, they had no idea that we would need it in, in late 2020. It was It's just the way we, we just get so lucky sometimes. Sometimes the universe just aligns in our favour, doesn't it? It makes me so happy. Thank you for keeping me safe. Thank you for keeping me safe. And minimise the spread of the virus. It was all spreadsheets. It was whiteboards. Um... <sighs> Unfortunately, it was it was it was a blunt tool. Yeah, before we had mass surveillance, everything was just so much harder, wasn't it? I mean, we had to do things like fill out paperwork and write things on whiteboards. It was basically like living in a cave during the Stone Ages. I don't even know how we got along, honestly. Before we had mass surveillance rolled out across the board, basically everyone was just dying in the streets. I feel so much safer already, and I haven't even got on a plane yet. Uh, it was very imprecise. It's called the Go Passport. The Go Passport. An Australian digital health record, uh -huh. ready for testing as momentum builds to get the country <laughs> back up and running. Uh, here's the other thing that's an interesting little side issue to this. Do you remember when your medical history used to be a private thing? Remember that? It was strange. It was another time. It was another time in history, ladies and gentlemen, because once upon a time, your private medical records were called private re medical records because they were private. And then about 10 or 15 years ago, they started having this conversation. Hey, you know what's really inconvenient is the fact that when you go to a doctor, they have to fill out your medical information and put it on a piece of paper and then put it in a file with your name on it. Can you believe that we're doing this? Because what if you have to go to a different doctor, for example? Wouldn't it be so much more convenient if the other doctor that you go to could just click a few buttons and then bring up all of your private medical history? Wouldn't that be so much better? And everyone went, yeah, that's a great idea. So we started uploading all of the medical information onto archive databases that any, you know, any doctor could access. And then, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you remember this or not, but we covered the press conference about 12 months ago. Uh, well, two things. About 12 months ago, Google made an announcement that they were giving free COVID testing to people in California. Free. Yes, I love free. Anything free is good, obviously. So they were giving free COVID testing to people in California in exchange for signing over the right for their private medical information to be uh, added to the cloud so it could be accessed digitally. So, hey, if you want a free COVID test, all you have to do is sign this form that says that we can, we here at Google can access your private medical history and use it on our app. 
And then the strangest thing happened. About three months after that, Donald Trump gave a press conference where he said that Google is MAGA and Google is coming up with a great way to help track coronavirus and keep people safe. Such strangest thing. Such strange coincidences, right? I'm, I'm sure I'm just being a conspiracy theorist and there's really nothing to see. But it's strange how all of these things just happened one after another after another, starting with about two years ago and the funding of all of these digital passports. I mean, it's weird. It's really weird. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? But yeah, once upon a time, I know it sounds like a crazy thing to hear, but once upon a time, yes, it's true. Your private medical history was private. But now it's not. Now it's just open access. Now people have a right to demand your private medical history before they'll let you buy a plane ticket. The great irony for this is, for me, is like, I remember in this country about 10 years ago, there was a big argument and a whole bunch of people said it was racist to test refugees for diseases before they came into the country. Winning TV, dlive.tv slash winning TV. Boogie, this is a 5D chess takedown or something. <laughs> or something. <laughs> so, so about 10 years ago in this country, there was this big debate and a whole bunch of people said, you're not allowed to test refugees who come into the country for uh, infectious diseases because that's racist. You're assuming that refugees are dirty or something. And apparently a bunch of refugees slipped through the net with things like, you know, tuberculosis and stuff. Not many, but, you know, a few. <laughs> because testing them is racist. But isn't that the strangest thing? You, you can't test refugees coming into the country for infectious diseases, but in order to leave the country now, you have to prove that you don't have one. And how do we prove that we don't have one? By handing over all of our private medical information, of course. How else would we do it? This is the first time we've needed mass surveillance. <laughs> oh, it's good. So Go Passport is about being able to open up Tell those me what borders it's about, right? safely again in yeah. a measured way, managing that risk from from the beginning of the thank you for keeping me safe of you booking your ticket all the way through to the way you to the to time you, you go home really from proof of vaccination symptom logging hotspot warnings and health advice dr shepherd and a team of immigration tourism and digital experts have developed the technology don't worry guys the experts are on the case don't worry guys they've got experts dealing with this <laughs> The experts have never gotten anything wrong. I wonder if they'll pay some Ring kind of the lip bell service. And get your cheese, man. Thank you for the sub, KB. I wonder if they'll pay some kind of lip service like they normally do in these clips and just mention that some people have some concerns about privacy. <laughs> Fascist hippie, this sounds amazing. <laughs> so we give each country a risk rating, um, oh. and then depending on that, we can decide what um, strategies we want to put in place. Ah, strategies. KB with a diamond. Thank you for the diamond, sir. Very generous. So let's go to a hot zone. Let's go to a hot zone. So in the news at the moment is, is the US. So um, that's, that's... Ah, the US is a hot zone! <laughs> 
Oh, no. I'm sorry, my American brothers and sisters. It seems no Australian holidays for you. You have been declared by the experts at the digital passport company to be a hot zone, and therefore you need to be monitored closely. (laughs) Thank you for keeping me safe, digital experts. Well, I tell you, we were really looking forward to our summer vacation down there in Australia. Exactly. It's red. They made our country red. It must be really dangerous. (laughs) It's a hot zone, I tells you. I love the language they use, don't you? Like, you know, we've spoken about this before. So when they're talking about the different stages of a lockdown, they'll use stage five lockdown like it's cancer. And now when we're talking about travel, they, they refer to it as a hot zone, like it's a war zone, right? Anything that gives you the impression that people are just dropping dead all around you, like people are dying relentlessly, painfully. It's just a fucking bloodbath over there in the hot zone with the stage five restrictions. Oh, it's awful, right? I mean, none, none of it's by accident. Why, why do you think they use language like hot zone and stage five? Iceman double four double three. Follow Rusty, by the way. I'll take it. It's startup caffeine. Oh, the vaccine? Okay. <laughs> it's rating number one. Um, with- the US is the world's number one hot zone, according to the experts. Nowhere's got it worse right now. Uh, with a risk rating out of out of ten of eight of eight points. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The risk rating for the United States out of ten is eight point eight, otherwise known as extreme. It's an extreme risk. I mean, aren't we talking... I I know this is a commonly used talking point, but aren't we talking about, like, the overwhelming majority of people are okay? (laughs) I mean, if you see 8.8 out of 10 risk rating and extreme in bright red, you would think that as soon as you get off the plane, you're going to drop dead, right? I mean, you, you... You would have a higher survival, you would have a higher chance of survival if you were standing on the building that was blown up in Beirut. If you were, if you were, if you were painting the fence outside the building that was exploded in Beirut, it'd be like, well, it's probably a 6.5 on the danger scale. What about the guy who met the hammerhead shark in the ocean? That was like a three. The United States, though, according to the experts, COVID, 8.8 out of 10. It's an extreme risk. Arnold Nicotina, gotta love the blatant fear-mongering. This isn't fear-mongering, sir. This is about keeping you safe. Thank you for keeping me safe. I want you to thank the experts for keeping you safe. This isn't about fear. This is about protection. We're protecting you. See? 
0.8. So there's a 1 in 141 chance oh. um, of a traveller importing COVID mm. to Australia. After months in the shadows, international travel is back in the spotlight. For international travellers, uh, that we will ask people to have a vaccination before they can get on the aircraft. This is the CEO of Qantas. For international travellers, we will be asking that people have a, a vaccination before they're allowed to get on the aircraft. I just hope, <coughs> pardon me, I hope and I pray that six months from now, this same guy is sitting here on a current affair with his fucking head. Remember, every time there's some kind of crisis, these are the bottom feeding fucks who are out there begging for your money. Right? Every time there's a crisis, it's always the airlines who have their hand out first. You need to give us more taxpayer money. This pandemic is crushing our industry. Your money. Every time. Every time. Winning TV with a diamond. Get ready for your yearly donation. Exactly. Get ready for your yearly donation to the airlines. Every time there's some kind of crisis, it's the airlines with their handout ready. For, please give me some more of that taxpayer money. And then they lay off because they're like, you need to give us the taxpayer money. Otherwise, we're going to have to lay off all the staff. And the governments time after time say, here, take more of our citizens' money. They don't need it. They're only going to waste it anyway. And then they lay off the staff anyway. So after receiving millions and billions of dollars in taxpayer money over the years, what do they do? They start banning you from traveling with them unless you hand over your private medical. It's almost like we work for them. Isn't it? Isn't it strange? It's it's almost like we're, we're all their employees or something. Like it's our responsibility to keep them afloat. No, no, you need to hand over your personal data for the privilege of paying for a ticket. For the privilege of giving us money, you need to give us more. Let's start with your personal medical history. How about that? So I just hope six months from now that the same guy is sitting on the same station, you know, having to defend his company or as its as its share price starts tanking starts crashing right because oh, i don't know i don't know what happened we started demand we started making demands unreasonable demands of people who travel with us and then a whole bunch of them stopped traveling with us i don't know what happened we started putting roadblocks in front of our customers and saying, no, you need to hand over your private medical history before we'll let you buy a ticket. And then they started buying tickets with other people. I don't get it. Those ungrateful scum. Don't they understand that we're keeping them safe? Don't they understand that we're protecting them? <laughs> I, hope, I hope it happens. I doubt that it will. But I sincerely pray that it does. Qantas CEO Alan Joyce revealing to Tracy Grimshaw part of his plan to get the airline flying again. To show if you have the right testing regime, you could get the 14 days down to a lot shorter period. So there is some research evidence that if we start testing before travelling or even have a period of isolation before you travel, you can reduce your period of quarantine here in Australia. Who remembers a show we did back in the start of the year? 
right? When the COVID story first came out, and the people who were here will remember this. Remember, I was on this show saying, close the airports now. Do it now. Don't wait. Do it now. If you're worried about this virus spreading to other countries, quarantine China now. Who remembers that? It was probably back in like mid-January or something. And at the time, we were making jokes about the Australian health experts, quote-unquote, who their response to... Because there's a couple of things, a couple of factors you need to understand here. First of all, the Chinese student industry, right, for universities. Yes, exactly. The pamphlets. You remember? Okay. So the university foreign student program here is like our third biggest industry behind housing and mining, believe it or not. It's our third biggest moneymaker. And all of the Chinese students who come over here who pay so much for the privilege of of studying here at our universities they hadn't returned to Australia yet to attend the university. So you couldn't close the you couldn't close the airports because otherwise you're not going to get all that money. And then the day that universities went back to school, like literally the day, that's the day when the government came out and announced, by the way, we're closing the airports now. Right? One step too far with the diamond. I remember, shut it down now, right? But we were laughing at the health experts who, like, people were saying, hey, why don't you test people coming into the country? Why don't you test them before they come in? And the health expert literally saying on all of these programs, don't be ridiculous. There's no point to testing people before they get on a plane. There's no fucking point. Why would we do a stupid thing like that? Instead, what they were doing was handing people pamphlets when they got off the plane from China that said in Chinese, if you have cold or flu symptoms, call this number. And the number went to a hotline, which was only open between the hours of 9am and 5pm, Monday to Friday. (laughs) That was our expert response. This is back at the end of January. So what happened here? Instead of quarantining China, we refused to close the airports. We allowed them to come in to the tune of thousands of people per day for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. They told us to our face that testing people before they get on a plane for this thing is a dumb idea and there's no need for it. And now what's happening? Now, we have to get fucking tested before we can leave. Isn't that the darndest thing? We refuse to lock down China. We refuse to quarantine China. Now, we're the ones who are quarantined. Testing testing people before they get on a plane is a dumb idea. We need to let thousands of people continue coming in to Sydney Airport every single day from China. Testing people is so... Why would we do something like that? Fast forward nine months and they're now saying, the only way that we can deal with this is if we test all of you before you get on a plane. Thank you for keeping me safe. 
a complete reversal, a complete 180. And they're just pretending like it never happened. They're acting like it never happened. They're acting like they never said these things. They're acting like they they never said that testing people before they get on a plane is a dumb idea. When people were coming into this country from China, testing people before they get got on a plane was a dumb idea. Now, nine months later, if you, you dumb fucking Australians, if you ever want to leave, I'm afraid you're going to have to get tested. Quarantining a country is a dumb idea. There's nothing to panic about here. There's nothing to worry about. Nine months later, hey, you fucking guys need to quarantine. Strange how these things happen, isn't it? We refuse to quarantine one country, and now we're the ones who are getting quarantined. Now we're the ones who have to prove that we're not sick. Brilliant. Dr. Shepherd says Go Passport could allow travellers to quarantine in their own homes. In- <laughs> oh, what a privilege. Thank you for letting me stay in my own home, sir. Wow. Should be thankful. Because I don't know if you know this or not, there's a whole bunch of hotels in Sydney. I see them every night because I work in the city. I see them every night. There's a whole bunch of hotels in Sydney which have police and army personnel permanently stationed in the lobby of these hotels. And every night I see the big tour buses, right? You know, the big buses coming from Sydney airport and people are getting unloaded from the buses and into the hotel where they have to stay for two weeks. They they could live on their own somewhere in the suburbs. Doesn't matter. That's the rule. You have to have hotel quarantine for two weeks which I'm, sh- I'm sure the hotels really hate that, having a guaranteed revenue stream paid by the government. I'm sure they really hate that, the big hotels. We're not talking about the cheap hotels here either. These are the fucking top shelf, really expensive hotels in Sydney. If you're not aware, Sydney is a fucking expensive place to stay in. One of the most expensive cities in the world to stay in. So all of these like top class, top shelf hotels now have a guaranteed guaranteed revenue stream paid for, subsidized by the government. And you you might live 20 minutes away from the hotel, but I can just go home. Why can't I go home and quarantine there? Afraid not. Here's a here's a nice young man from the military to escort you to your home for the next two weeks, to your hotel room. Thank you for keeping me safe. And by the way, in the future, if you want to leave again, we're going to have to see your personal medical information first. How about that? I feel so much safer now. Assisting the technology monitors compliance. So using compliance. Some of the ring fencing um, and the geolocation capability, um, we can provide that. Big brother. It's not, well, it could be seen big brother, but the flip side of that is what are we achieving? <laughs> Look at the upside. <laughs> oh my God. 
they do, they do, they don't even get it. <laughs> they don't even get it. These are supposed to be the smartest people we have. Well, I mean, it could be looked at like Big Brother, but I mean, look at the flip side. What are we getting for it? <laughs> Isn't there literally a fucking Benjamin Franklin quote, which is something like, those who would trade, uh, you know, liberty for safety deserve neither? Is that is that how it goes? Something like that? Look. All we're asking you to do is trade in a little bit of your privacy and a little bit of your freedom and think about what you're getting out of it. You're getting peanuts on an airplane. It's going to be great. Literally fucking peanuts. <laughs> is it Big Brother? No. Well, yeah, well, maybe. But I mean, hey, it's a pretty good deal. It's a pretty good deal. <laughs> Thank God for Big Brother. When you think about it, it really didn't take that much to buy us off, did it? Did it? We like to think that we'd defend our freedoms to the last man. We like to think that we'd be, you know, we, we'd be steadfast in our commitment to liberty and freedom and all of these archaic ideas that our forebears held onto so dearly. In the end, all it took was them waving an economy class plane ticket in our face. And that was enough. And we were like, sign me up. I don't care about freedom anymore. <laughs> sign me. I don't care about freedom. I want to get to Indonesia for the summer. That's all it took. That's all it took was one cheap plane ticket. And we were like, where, where do I hand my freedoms in? Is it here? Is this where I get the ticket? We really have come a long way, haven't we? We're achieving community safety. It's uh, we're, we're <laughs> community. Look at the flip side. We're achieving community safety. <laughs> big brother. It's big brother is worth it as long as I can feel safe. Mass surveillance is definitely the preferred option rather than me feeling like there's a chance that I might not be safe getting on a plane. You're getting on, you're getting on a plane. It could crash any time. Mr. Fun, give me the diamond. Give me liberty or give me the plane ticket. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Because, uh, you know, it's all about feeling safe on a... It's all about feeling safe while you're strapped into a flying hunk of metal thousands of feet above the surface of the Earth. <laughs> That's being run on two and sometimes four engines, which have never been known to fail ever. Like, these things never crash. Shit like that never happens. It's all about feeling safe. Oh, boy. It's, it's, yes, it's Big Brother, but think of all the safety we're getting. Um, and the geolocation. I, I, can't, I can't believe he said this, you know, and people go, uh, what are you, some kind of conspiracy theorist? There's no conspiracy here. 
This is exactly the trade-off we said would happen. This is exactly the trade-off that we've always said would be presented to people. That your freedoms would be stripped away, your freedoms would be eroded in exchange for keeping you safe. In, in exchange for the promise that somebody made, we will keep you safe. So hand over all of your freedoms. It's exactly the transaction we described. There's, there's no conspiracy here. These people are following a program. They're following a predetermined program. And every step is obvious. So much so that we can predict the things that they're going to fucking say to describe it. The things that they're going to say to excuse themselves. Months in advance. Oh no, but it's a conspiracy, bro. We're making it all up. <sighs> Capability. Um, we can provide that. Big brother. It's not, well, it could be seen big brother, but the flip side of that is, what are we achieving? We're achieving community safety. We're restoring world, the world to where it was before. It's about getting back to normal. Just to rub salt in the wound. Just to twist the knife. I mean, think about what we're achieving. Yeah, it could be. You could say it's Big Brother. Or you could say we're getting back to normal. <laughs> you know, we've never needed digital surveillance like this before. But now that we have it, this is exactly what we need to go back to a time when we didn't even need it. <laughs> The rollout of the mass surveillance network is exactly what we need in order to live like we don't need a mass surveillance network. Thank you for keeping me safe. <laughs> All right. Oh, boy. <laughs> With that, we're going to take a quick five-minute break here on the Monday night edition of the Daily Boogie. When we return, ladies and gentlemen, how we can help you move on and heal plus some other stuff. So stick around. You're here on the Daily Boogie podcast. We'll see you soon. Narcissistic, and most importantly, completely pointless. Come waste an hour of your week with The Starting Block, Friday nights Australian time at dlive.tv forward slash The Starting Block. Get in touch with us on Twitter at The Starting Block, no K at the end. Also, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or iTunes by searching for The Starting Block, or one word, or on Podbean at startingblock.podbean.com. Join the Blockheads, tuning in in their millions right around the world. Thank you.
Hello, my name is Frozen Asian, and I like to tell you about my show, The Sunday Night Shit Show, every Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, along with the good conversations and laughing at funny and weird shit we find on the internet, we also have The Hat Cam, where I showcase my myriad of great-looking hats. Here is a testimonial from a great friend of mine who has enjoyed my hats lately. I, I hope your next hat is a bullet. Jesus Christ, what are you, fucking Asian dick crazy? What you? <laughs> Why do you, you have to ruin my evening? Like I, I'm just gonna just listen, you know, listen to my bud do their show, and you, you gotta, you just gotta do this. Without the hat, so you're not enjoying it? No, <laughs> dude. Asian uh, come on, I really enjoy it. You look no. like you're going undercover in in Argentina. But it's now working. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. I hate oh, come on, you secretly love it. No, no, I openly hate it. <laughs> and there you have it. Uh, so, subscribe to the Sunday Night Shit Show at youtube.com slash Sunday Night Shit Show. And uh, hope to see you there on Sunday nights. Bye. Aloha and welcome to Pirate Radio, Ladies of Liberty, the hot seat. Or maybe this is my daily traffic report. I don't know. As you can tell, I, I seem to have a problem with commitment to one type of platform. I, I think doctors refer to that as uh, ADD. Uh, but anyways, if you want to follow any of those shows, you want to catch me live every single day of the week, you can follow me at Real Person Politics. That's Real Person P-L-T-C-S. Aloha. Another ain't no rest for the wicked Until we close our eyes for good UK Neil over at DLive for the Great Awakening Show. That's over on DLive at DLive.tv stroke UK Neil. Get yourself out of that matrix and get over to the Great Awakening. This Justin, the global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. More right around this world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. You gotta get back up and shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. Coming back. Second half of the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for joining us on this Monday night edition 
of the Daily Boogie podcast. I hope we find you well. Let me just adjust my attack down. My attack, I've been playing with the attack on my compressor settings. Sometimes it kicks in too soon. Sometimes it kicks in not enough. It's fractions of a second, but I'm that anal retentive about it. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's pick up where we left off on a on a story last week. So, last week we were covering Base Barbecue Man. <laughs> What's his name again? Adam Skelly, who was arrested, and then I think he was put out on bail. Uh, he was arrested for trespassing on his own property, which is an interesting one. <laughs> and you you remember the CBC, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the CBC, the Toronto City News, a whole bunch of people were right up this guy's asshole, uh, complaining about him. Uh, he was doing this crazy thing. I mean, in this era of Big Brother, where it's not, let's not call it Big Brother anymore. Let's call it uh, The Deal. How about that? Let's not call it Big Brother. Let's call it Ensuring Community Safety. Yeah. So in this era of ensuring, ensuring community safety... He had this crazy idea that he should be able to sell ribs who are to people who are willing to buy them. I know it's crazy, right? I mean, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been a, a fan of this. No way, no how. <clears throat> but that was his crime, selling ribs to people who wanted to buy them. And he was arrested and uh put on bail for about 50 grand or so. Now, <clears throat> what's interesting about this is there was subsequently a protest at the Premier's house, a guy named Doug Ford. Doug Ford, the one doing the, you know, the press conferences and shit saying, we will not stand for this and it's so difficult. I, I don't know. By the way, there was another thing too. There was a Costco about 200 metres down the road from this barbecue place, which remained open and people were lined up out the door in close proximity to each other. They also had a lunch counter where you could go out and buy lunch. Isn't that cute? Isn't that cute? <laughs> Just happens to be a big department chain within, you know, close enough that you can throw a rock and hit it that was also selling lunch products. Oh, what, a, what, a, what, a, what an incredible coincidence. A lot of coincidences happening on this show today. So anyway, there was a big protest out the front of Doug Ford's house. Now, Kitty B sent me this, who is a Canuck bro. Thank you for joining us, Kitty B. She always sends good stuff. She sent me this and she said, this is what Doug Ford put out the day after the protests in front of his house. The day after the protests, he put this out. Our small businesses need all the support they can get. <laughs> fucking the audacity of these people honestly the audacity and people eat this shit up by the way <laughs> Jim Enward of fucking course yes our small businesses need all the support they can get that's why we're proposing a cap on food delivery fees to support local restaurants this would temporarily reduce fees charged by food delivery companies in areas where indoor dining is prohibited. And then he's put out his little policy there, supporting local restaurants. <laughs> the, next, the next day. The day after people were protesting at his house. 
after they've arrested the barbecue guy, after they've dragged away the barbecue guy for quote unquote trespassing at his own restaurant. Oh, don't be don't be too quick to dismiss it. I see a lot of people in the chat saying, oh, poor Adam. No, no, no. Remember, the city put different locks on his doors and Adam damaged those locks. He's basically damaging taxpayer property by trying to gain access to his own restaurant. <laughs> and then the very next day, Doug Ford comes out. We support local restaurants. <laughs> Oh, it's good, isn't it? Well, (laughs) obviously, you can be sure that the government cares about local safety and local restaurants and keeping people safe. Thank you for keeping me safe, by the way, Mr. Ford. But not only does the government... What what about our friends at the CBC, ladies and gentlemen, the Canadian taxpayer-funded media, who for the last, you know, eight to ten months, have been going around kind of what how can i put this in a in a delicate way have been going around publicly assassinating people who want to open their business is that a fair way of putting it going around shaming people who disagree with the lockdown laws i think that's i think we'll go with shaming <laughs> so the cbc has been going around shaming people who disagree with the lockdown laws for having the audacity to suggest that they should be able to run their own business. Uh, Well, the CBC, ladies and gentlemen, is on your side. I'm on your side. They just want to keep you safe. Which is why I bring this next item to you from the CBC. Why I'm embracing peeing outside. By the way, this is by Laura Mullen. We have now reached peak feminism, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) You, You shouldn't be allowed to eat inside, but feminists should be allowed to pee outside. Yes, pee outside with the other animals. Ladies, you know when you're, say, on your second glass of wine in a crowded restaurant, this is the article, by the way, and nature is calling and you've really got to go, but because you've had a baby bust forth from your loins or you're getting older or you're simply a woman, your threshold for holding it is in is um not what it was. So you pray that those kegels pay off as you lurch towards the restroom only to find 15 other women in the same condition. NK Veritas with a diamond. Don't be fooled, peeps. Boogs is building an army. Do not say that. What do I look like? Owen fucking Benjamin here? (laughs) There is no army. There is no army. There is no movement. There is no show even. There is no boogie bumper. I am a figment of your imagination. It's not Big Brother. It's called ensuring community safety. That's what we believe in here. You lurch towards the restroom only to find 15 other women in the same condition standing cross-legged in line, enviously watching as the guys breeze through at a a frustratingly empty men's room. Well, I want to tell you about the solution I've discovered thanks to COVID-19. If you're game for it, that is. Because it's not for the faint of heart or the terribly shy for those who like to wear one-piece jumpsuits. 
I'm talking it. I'm talking about taking it to the streets or at least behind trees. Yes, I'm proud to pro proclaim that I've been transformed into a pandemic peer. This, ladies and gentlemen, is this is journalism that taxpayers fund. Your money at work, Canadians. <clears throat> We're attacking the people who want to sell ribs inside and saying that everybody needs to pee outside. <laughs> Literally turning your country into a toilet. <laughs> Isn't it good? Truly, I've never wanted to tinkle outside. I'm, I love nothing more than a big, gorgeous, gleaming bathroom with spacious stalls, a place to hang my purse, and an endless arsenal of toilet paper. Alas, Corona has a way of disrupting the things we've taken for granted, like unlimited access to a washroom. Isn't that strange? <laughs> Isn't that strange? Things that I, I've taken for granted are, you know, being able to move about and enter stores without having to alert the government as to my name and my phone number and my address. I took that for granted for a long time. Uh, being able to purchase a plane ticket without having to hand over private medical histories, I took that for granted. I did. I certainly did. Uh, going to a sporting event when, you know, I can, I can go and watch my football team play, I took that for granted took that for granted having the illusion of personal freedom i took that for granted what did this woman take for granted having access to a toilet i guess priorities huh priorities uh you know in the first segment in the first half of the show ladies and gentlemen we were talking about that people were willing to sell their freedom for an economy class plane ticket this woman will sell her freedom for access to toilet paper. <laughs> I discovered this new superpower back in March while delivering groceries to my parents who were self-isolating at their home two hours away from me. They had just returned from their annual snowbird trip to the States and were required to quarantine for 14 days. I arrived with a truckload of supplies and a bladder that was about to breach. <clears throat> there was no way I was going to break social distancing to use their bathroom. And since the roadside bathrooms were all shut down, I made a mental plan to go al fresco in the woods near their home. I should note that just prior to the lockdown, I had dropped a dresser drawer on my bare foot and could hardly walk, which left me limping from my car into the thick of the forest. Oh, you're such a victim. It's so awful. Only the forest that wasn't that thick because it was March and there were no leaves on the trees. And since I was injured, I couldn't go all that deep. And the world had shut down, so everyone came off out of the woodwalk, woodwork that day to go for a walk. But I was desperate. So I hobbled behind a tangle of denuded dogwood within the eye shot of stroller mums, bird watchers and hikers and got down to business. If I mooned passerby, so be it. It was a pandemic after all. And something happened in that moment. Something primal. I was released from feeling that I couldn't pee outside like men so casually do or that I have to politely wait in line at an ill-equipped women's bathroom. I no longer cared if it was ladylike or discreet or the fact that I had to cantile cantilever myself in an undignified way to avoid hitting my jeans and boots. 
from that day forward, if I had to go, I could find some place relatively private. I was going for it. There you go. Stunning and brave. Why I'm embracing peeing outside. (laughs) All right. Like I said, ladies and gentlemen, I want to help you move on and heal because there appears to be a lot of my... Uh, you know, American, Northern American brothers and sisters who are struggling with this move on and heal idea. And I think here, we, you know, this this show is a community service. It's on us sometimes to not only entertain, but educate as well. So I've gathered up a few examples of, you know, people who are best displaying, I think, the human qualities that one requires in order to move on and heal. And number one would be forgiveness, I think. I think that's a fair thing to say. So how about we learn a little bit of about forgiveness from one Amber Ruffin? How about that? Ever since the election, there's been a lot of talk in the media online and maybe even in your white family's group chat about how it's a time to reach out to Republicans who are... In your white family's group chat? You know, you've got to be careful about those white family group chats. That's how the KKK started. (laughs) You know we're starting. You know it's going to be a good one already, don't you? As soon as they start up with that kind of shit. Exactly. Here we go. Mucus Flim, right? (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Mr. Sagawa in the chat. I already hate her. upset about the election, Uh about how it's important to build bridges to Trump supporters and to find common ground with them. Uh And I just wanted to let each and every person out there know that you 100% absolutely do not have to do that. In all honesty, I would suggest you don't. And here's why. Trump supporters are racist. And if you create a space for racists to thrive, they will. Funny you say that because it's almost like it's almost like creating spaces which are only welcoming to certain ethnicities creates extremism. No, no, don't be silly. Don't be silly. Don't be silly. But I think they should have their own countries. (laughs) If you create a space for people to occupy where they only want to share that space with a particular race, then they will thrive. Um... Are you you saying that if people are allowed to occupy a space with only people who share their but you know general basic ethnicity that they will thrive and become a thriving wonderful society <laughs> thrive is an interesting word to use all right let's carry on <laughs> and is that something you want truly well <laughs> 
Now, now, let's let's not let's not go cra- let's not cancel everything out here. Ben K Veritas with a diamond. Where's Elmo when we need him? Yes, we did a racist Elmo once before, didn't we? Elmo wants the ethno state, but <laughs> but if they don't like it here, why don't they go back to their own country? <laughs> Is that what you really want? Mm. Open to ideas. Can Cindy come over to your house and be like, yuck, Mexicans? Because if so, you are providing a safe place for her racism to flourish. Ah. Don't be like that. Oh, okay. Giving a racist your time and energy is like Uh giving a seed, water and light. Why am I giving you time and energy? Because it's funny. I'm giving you time and energy because you're ridiculous. Natsock Elmo is your best character, Boogs, fascist hippie. <laughs> Has anyone not seen it? Should we play fascist? Should we play Natsock Elmo just for the laughs? Why not? Is that what it was called, Natsock Elmo? I'll see. I don't know if I made a clip of it or not. It's been a while. Uh, let me see here. You never know, because we've got new people on the joining us these days. We've got new people on the show in the audience. They may not have seen. Here we go. All right, beautiful. Let's do it. I can take a break too. <laughs> and then they have to do stuff like this. Let's learn about racism. Someone doesn't understand what's happening. Why are all these people together? <laughs> Oh, well, they're gathering together to protest. Oh, they're protesting, Elmo. Elmo doesn't understand. What's a protest? Oh, a a protest is when people come together to show they are upset and disagree about something. They want to make others aware of the problem. (laughs) Through protesting, people are able to share their feelings and work together to make... CNN, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Minister of Fun Gimme, you just saved me $5 for Streamlabs. Happy to help. <laughs> you know, we've said before that CNN treats their audience like children. I, 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 need I say more? <laughs> Things. Remember we did that video, was it earlier this week or late last week, how to talk to your kids about racism? Well, this is a next level. This is inception level, how to talk to your kids about racism. Better. They make signs uh, like this. <laughs> Love, justice, peace. Ah. Henry St. George Tucker Bumper Politics says, hold up, I'm learning here. Oh. Yeah, I'm bringing this sign to the protest at the community center later. Mm. Oh. I want to know why Elmo's uncle sounds like, you know, a black guy. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm bringing this sign to the community center later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, there's some motherfuckers out there. They be protesting like the racisms and shit. Y'all, motherfucker, these fucking pigs be rolling up in our hood, yo. They be cracking skulls. And let me tell you something, motherfucker. Y'all better step back. We're going to start taking names, bitch. Elmo doesn't understand. (laughs) 
Elmo, you're a little whiny bitch. You understand? You hear me, boy? You need to stand up for your fucking community, son. Elm Uncle make Elmo cry. <laughs> but Dad... <laughs> Elmo believes in the ethno state. Elmo wants the national... <laughs> Elmo thinks that we should be working to secure a future for Elmo's people. You're a little fucking clan member, ain't you, Elmo? You son of a bitch. Fuck you, motherfucker. Seth, are, are the protesters sad? Are the protesters sad? Do they have jobs? Uncle Elmo? <laughs> they are sad and upset. And they have every right to be, Elmo. People are upset because racism is a huge problem in our country. Oh. Racism? What's that? What's a racism? <laughs> I never heard of her. I, Elmo doesn't see color. <laughs> Elmo dislike everybody. Elmo think every race is trash. Oh, racism is when people treat other people unfairly because of the way oh. they look or the color of their skin. The color of their skin? Elmo doesn't understand, Daddy. Elmo has friends with different types of skin. Oh, I'm sorry. Elmo think everybody of the certain skin color should be put into oven. Oh. Black, brown, pink, yeah. purple. I know, Elmo, but not all streets are like sesame. Whose streets? Elmo's streets. <laughs> okay, this is officially the dumbest thing we've ever done. <laughs> Little Natsock Elmo. <laughs> Elmo want to rise against the cartel of international bankers and criminals. Sesame Street. I mean, on Sesame Street, we all love and... Uncle, why does one group of people control all the entertainment? <laughs> respect one another. <laughs> Across the country, people of color... Especially in the black community. In the in the black community, motherfucker. Being treated unfairly. Unfair. Because of how they look, their their culture, race, and yeah. who they are. Who they who they is. What we are seeing is people saying enough is enough. They want to end racism. But but uncle, why don't they just go back to their own country? <laughs> If they don't like this country here, why don't they have their own country? Maybe Elmo won a country with all the Elmos and everybody else can have their own country too. Why don't we have our own countries, uncle? Won't that solve the racism if we kick out all of the people who are different from Elmo? <laughs> <laughs> That'll do. That was so dumb. <laughs> I'll put the clip in the chat for you. There you go. And you can share Natsock Elmo with your children and they can enjoy it and we can learn together and become better people. Okay, where were we again? Ring oh, yeah, the bell and get your cheese, man. Thank you for the sub, JJ Stoner, dlive.tv slash JJ Stoner. I'm, I need to catch his replay because he had a very, very talented um, uh, content creator on this morning and I missed it live because I was asleep. But I will go back and watch the replay at some point today. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, DLive.tv slash JJ Stoner. All right. Let's get back to this cunt.
place for her racism to flourish. Yeah. Don't be like that. Don't be like that. Giving a racist your time and energy is like giving a seed water and light. You it can't. helps them grow into a flower. Yes. Yeah, so not a, a normal. A, a beautiful flower. <laughs> flower. One of those terrifying flowers from Little Shop of Horrors. Mm. You don't owe them. Terrifying. They were hilarious. What are you talking about? Little Shop of Horrors is a hit and a treasure. Let's not be ridiculous. Anything, especially forgiveness, because it's okay if you don't forgive them for what they... <laughs> Eliza in the chat on YouTube. <laughs> oh, look, a black puppet. The only question is, whose hand is up her ass, huh? <laughs> Done. Separating families, empowering white supremacists, yeah, yeah, yeah. bringing back Kid Rock. Your sympathy... <laughs> you know, the thing I love most about these people is they're just so funny and talented. The thing I love about all of these uh, corporate media television hosts is they're just so natural. It's so good at what they do. And their lines are just amazing. And empathy are important and necessary gifts, but you don't have to give those gifts away at the expense of your humanity. Yes. It is not. Be a good human and be rude to people. <laughs> Don't be a don't be a bad human being. You need to shun people you disagree with politically. That's what good human beings do. Don't give away your humanity. Give away your virginity as early as possible, but don't give away your humanity. Not a white elephant party with your office. It's a red elephant party and all of their gifts are bad and hate black people. What the hell are you talking about, babe? <laughs> We don't need to go. What? What is the party analogy about? Hang on, hang on. Okay. At the expense of your humanity. Okay. It is not a white elephant party with your office. It's a red elephant party and all of their gifts are bad and hate black people. Huh? I know this is kind of a meme these days, but... What does that, what did she mean by this? <laughs> what? Oh, she's talking, is she talking to black conservatives? Ah. The Republican Party boogie, everyone catch that. Oh, fuck you, Victor. Everyone, <laughs> look at Victor in the chat. Boogie, everyone understood that except for you. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> Fascist Dippy didn't get it either. No, look, Mr. Cigar's like, what? Maybe it's just us foreign devils. I don't know. <laughs> Victor in the chat. Uh, Boogie, everybody got that except for you. <laughs> Thanks, bro. I thought you were a team player here. I thought I thought you were on our team, Victor. You're not supposed to make the, the host look dumb on his own show. You're not supposed to say things to make the host look bad. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. <laughs> so if you needed someone to tell you this, here it goes. Okay, here goes. Give it you to me. You do not have to go to their weddings, and you do not have to invite them to yours. Oh, really? Your uncle isn't weird. 
Weird uncles have eye patches and tell ghost stories. Eye patches and tell ghost stories? I don't think she has an uncle. She she probably grew up with people in her life who said, Oh, this is Uncle this is Uncle Billy. This is Uncle Johnny. This is Uncle Blah blah blah. This is Uncle Rashawn, but there was no real uncle. <laughs> they were all in prison. <laughs> oh no. Did I just do a red elephant thing? Oh no. Did I just do one of the racisms? I'm sorry. I don't mean it. I don't mean it. I just thought it was funny. You know? It's okay. It's okay. I'm not going to invite you to my next wedding, okay? It's a deal. <laughs> uncle Crenshaw has an eye patch. <laughs> Your uncle is a racist. Yeah. And if he has an eye patch, you have a weird uncle who is also a racist. And whenever we can have Thanksgiving together again, you don't have to go. And if you do go, you can tell everybody that Uncle Patchy ain't shit. What a weird world these people, like, not only envision, but the one, what a strange world they want to create. Oh, when we're allowed to go, this, you know, I'm going to have to say it, slave mentality. When we're allowed to go to Thanksgiving again, when they let us have family dinners, I want you to march in there and start abusing the people who attend. But then it's like this, it's like the the self the self-aggrandizement, the opinion they have of themselves. They assume that everybody wants to spend time with them. This woman thinks that people are lining up to spend time with her, and she's going to pick and choose the ones that she spends time with. Let me tell you something. If you are unironically watching this show and taking this woman's advice and you're sitting there at home, you're taking this woman's advice and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You should get down on your hands and knees every fucking day and thank the good Lord that there are people in your life who even want to know you. Because if you're unironically watching this... Because if you're unironically watching this and taking this advice and thinking that it's good advice, I'm not I wouldn't be surprised if you're a very lonely and bitter fucking person. Go and start a fight with your uncle over Thanksgiving when we're allowed to go to Thanksgiving again. You you, you first of all, you're waiting for the government to tell you it's okay to have lunch. And then you're waiting for the opportunity to have lunch and then go and abuse your other family members because of who they voted for. You should thank your lucky stars that anybody even wants to be in the same fucking room as you. You shouldn't assume that people are, you know, lining up to be your friend. Winning TV with a diamond. Be empathetic. Start a riot at a family dinner. What the fuck? <laughs> now, to be clear, I'm not saying anything radical. I'm no, not saying no. burn it down. No. You don't have to say burn it down. Oh, <laughs> You don't have to say burn it down, sweetheart. They already have. Yet. <laughs> Look at that face. I'm not saying burn it down. Yet. Yet. 
But really, I'm not saying cuss everyone out. I'm just saying you don't have to be sweet to everyone. Kindness is your gift to dole out as you see fit. Mm -hmm. And I really want you to hear. Great, great advice, you cunt. (laughs) (laughs) They really do make it very easy, don't they? You don't have to be kind to everybody. It's your gift to deal out as you see fit. Thank you for letting me know, you cunt. Thank you for letting me know, you worthless piece of shit. You mean I don't have to be kind to you just because of your skin colour and stuff? Man, that's great news. Now fuck off. Wow, that's convenient. You don't have to be kind to people if you don't want, really? Thank you for letting me know, you gutter snipe trash. Hear this. Searching for the good in someone who thinks nothing of you is Uh how they condition us to become accustomed Uh, to being treated like shit. Oh, really? Don't become accustomed to (laughs) being... It seems like a lot of projection going on here at the moment. Haven't you just spent the last two minutes telling everybody that they need to be rude to their family members? (laughs) Oh, boy. Being treated like shit. Uh Uh-huh. You don't have to be nice to Trump supporters. You don't have to find ways to get close to them. In fact, you shouldn't get close to them because they're probably not wearing a mask. They deserve to lose and they lost. Uh-huh. And they're allowed to be sad, but you're allowed to laugh at them because after all the things they did to us, this shit is... Like, can you name one? Or Just, just one? What did they do to you, sweetheart? Looks like you've got a pretty sweet gig doing a show on Peacock, whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> Speaking of peacocking. Wow. All right. It's about being nice. It's about building bridges. It's about coming together and healing. Citizen Donald Trump faces a mountain of legal woes without the presidency protecting him. Looks like they're coming after him. U.S. President Donald Trump is set to lose the protections. Hello. I'm rambling again. Boogie, I'm still on the time, but with the entire world going bonkers, I got to ask, who's with me? Let's move the team to. Let's move the team to. Okay, thank you, Victor. Is this the Russian Boney M? Is this what I'm seeing here? Moscow! Rah, rah, Rasputin, lovers, Russia's greatest love machine. I think this is the Russian Boney M. (laughs) 
Olga. It's the German Boney M, apparently. God, World War II really didn't affect... It really didn't work out for the Germans, did it? <laughs> World War II was a mistake. <laughs> As always, thank you for the clip, Victor. <laughs> Where were we? What were we doing here? Oh, that's right. Uh, Donald Trump, apparently, they want him in prison. Uh, since taking office in January 2017, President Donald Trump has been besieged by civil lawsuits and investigations targeting his inner circle. With Democrat Joe Biden capturing the presidency on Saturday, Mr. Trump's legal woes are likely to deepen. <clears throat> it's all about coming together and healing. In January, he will po he will lose the protections the U.S. legal system affords to a sitting president, former prosecutors said. Manhattan District Attorney Cyrus Vance, uh, this is apparently, is the I think this is the same district attorney who said that uh, people who were arrested during the riots in New York will be allowed to go free because he believes uh, he stands with Black Lives Matter. That's the same guy. So remember all those images we saw of all the stores being boarded up in New York and in Manhattan, right? Remember? You know, Winning TV played a lot of those clips on his show. All the stores being boarded up after looting and rioting and Molotov cocktails and the like. He's the district attorney who said, no, no, no we're going to let people go because uh, we believe in their message. He's also the same guy who says, we need to put Donald Trump in prison for life. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jim Edward. So they're basically declaring open lawfare. Yes, as opposed to not declaring open lawfare. Of course. The probe originally focused on hush money payments that Mr. Trump's former lawyer and self-described fixer, Michael Cohen. <laughs> Lady of Diamonds Gypsy with a diamond. Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? Who did you steal the diamond from, Gypsy? Says BLM is MAGA. The probe originally focused on hush money payments that Mr. Trump's former lawyer and self-described fixer, Michael Cohen, paid before the 2016 election to two women who said they had sexual encounters. Sexual encounters. Sexual encounters. When I get that feeling, I need sexual healing. Sexual healing, baby. Baby, I think I'm capsizing. And the sea is rising inside of me. When I get that feeling, I need Sexual healing, sexual healing, baby. <clears throat> to two women who said they had sexual encounters with Mr. Trump, which the president has denied. Mr. Vance, a Democrat, <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> has suggested in recent court filings that his probe is now broader and could focus on banks, tax and insurance fraud, as well as falsification of business records. Mr. Trump has called Mr. Vance's case politically motivated harassment, but that's what a fascist would say. 
The case has drawn attention because of Mr. Vance's efforts to obtain eight years of Mr. Trump's tax return. So here you go. A Justice Department probe could be on the cards. New York civil fraud investigation. Uh, e. Jean Carroll. There's a whole, we're just lining up the court cases for when Donald Trump is removed from office. And speaking of being removed, how about this clip I, I noticed a couple of weeks ago? This one is sure to make all the Donald Trump supporters very happy. Enjoy this. We may well see the new president in uh, Joe Biden. Yeah, we could do. And uh, by all accounts, he's getting ready for a speech later on tonight, local time. Good morning to you, Timmy. Morning to you, Janie. Joe Biden is certainly on the path to winning the White House, but it's coming down to a couple of key battleground states and they're all nail biters. But let's break it up. If we look at Pennsylvania, this is all he needs. Oh, we know all 20... this. We know all this stuff. Get to the good. Get to the good part. Get to the good part. Released, and it says we believe the American people deserve to have full. Okay, here we go. Because he didn't take any questions, but he's been busy on Twitter today. All you got to do is look at his Twitter account to see what he's been saying. But there's also a statement uh, that has been released, and it says we believe the American people deserve to have full transparency into all vote counting and election certification and that this is no longer about any single election. This is about the integrity of our entire election process. From the beginning, we have said that all legal ballots must be counted and all illegal ballots should not be counted. Yet we have met resistance to this basic principle by Democrats at every turn. We will pursue this process through every aspect of the law to guarantee that the American people have confidence in our government. I will never give up fighting for you and our nation. But the president is running out of allies, particularly when it comes to his own party. The last Republican to lose the election or lose the race to the election is Mitt Romney. He's also issued another statement today. He issued one last <laughs> Mitt, night. This one is Mitt. very much on stronger terms. It says the president is within his rights to request recounts, to call for investigation of alleged voting irregularities where evidence exists and to exhaust legal remedies, doing these things is consistent with our election. That's a very interesting point. Winning TV with the diamond. They will make him a felon to stop any 2024 run. I mean, stranger things have happened. I didn't even consider that angle, but that's a very good point that you raise. Uh, there's. I'm looking for a particular statement where I thought they were going to talk about in this video. This is, this is, I never pre-watch videos, really. I probably should because I expected something else. Yeah, the rhetoric has a pretty, pretty inflamed, but it's really interesting that statement that you did. 19th. This is in respect to the fact that the president may stick around. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Prime time. Here we go. Okay. This is the thing I was looking for. All right. Let's have a look here. Claims, destructive and dangerous passions. Now, as I mentioned, Joe Biden, he's in his home state of Delaware. He is expected to make a... The Hidden Hand podcast, he's uh, uh, on YouTube, by the way. He's not running again. I tend to agree that he wouldn't run again. But, I mean, I'm not going to say he definitely won't because, I mean, it's Trump, <laughs> right? Like, I can definitely see Trump's ego... Let's just go for the sake of argument. Let's just work off the basis that it's not going to work out in his favor one way or another with the, you know, with the court cases and stuff. Let's just assume that Biden 
becomes president in January for the sake of argument. I can I can see a character like Donald Trump stewing over that. Right? I can see Donald Trump for four years being like, I'm going to make this guy's life a living fucking hell. Uh, the Hidden Hand asks, why would he put himself through this again? Because what else has he got? What else would he have? Would would a guy like Donald Trump, who is, he is, you know, for all, I don't think anybody can really argue, he is an egotistical guy, right? He is, I am fucking Donald Trump and fuck you. I can see for four years, and I can see Donald Trump writing his own story. And in his story, right, he was robbed of the 2024 election. He was robbed of the 2020 election through fraud and whatnot. And then he returned victorious in 2024, and that's how he'll end his story. You know what I mean? With the triumphant return to his rightful place as president. I can see that happening. I can see a character like Donald Trump with the personality he has thinking that. And, you know, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't confidently say that he's just going to, like, I don't think there's any, you know, reality on planet Earth where he's just going to take a back seat and start playing golf and then just slowly die somewhere. I don't, I don't think that's in his character. I think he's going to make it his mission, again, assuming that Biden wins the White House, he's going to make it his mission to make life as difficult as possible for Joe Biden publicly. He's probably going to go back to candidate Trump, where it's a lot of smart-ass comments and, you know, making jokes and, you know, belittling and mocking, and he's going to do all that stuff again. And then I can see him running in 2024. And I, I would imagine the Republican Party probably don't want him to. They would want him to, like, move on and enjoy retirement. Hey, you won the presidency. You got you got a term, right? That would be, you know, that's probably where they're at. They'd be like, it's time to move on. But I can see Trump being as stubborn as he is and egotistical as he is. And I'm not, not saying it's a bad thing necessarily. It's just it's just true. He is stubborn and egotistical. Um, I can see him thinking, like, you know, I'm going to end my story with the triumphant return of Trump in 2024. Like, it wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Now, whether or not it happens, pfft, I don't know. But I can definitely see that as a possibility. And, you know, I, I think we'd be silly to say it'll never, you know, it'll never happen here. You know what I mean? Uh, I can definitely see that happening. But let's carry on with this clip because there's a key statement coming up here that I thought you would enjoy. I, 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 th I think it's in the, I hope it's in the clip because it's in the story describing the clip. So it fucking better be. <laughs> Big speech tonight uh, in around about six hours' time. It's in prime time. He's got that prime time audience. That's what he's expecting. And uh, a campaign spokesperson has also said today that, as we said on July 19th, this is in respect to the fact that the president may stick around longer than uh, is called for. Uh -huh. But it says, we said on July 19th, the American people will decide this election and the United States government is perfectly capable of escorting trespassers out of the White House. <laughs> it's time to come together and heal. The Biden campaign says we will escort we will escort trespassers out of the White House. <laughs> time to come together and heal. 
Oh, speaking of healing, by the way, speaking of healing, Joe Biden considering Hillary Clinton for United Nations Ambassador Post report. Woo! <laughs> Lock her up, huh? <laughs> I know. I know. Let's put Hillary Clinton in charge of the organisation that runs the child trafficking networks. (laughs) (laughs) I hope he does. I hope he does. I hope he gives Hillary Clinton a big job. Some might say that I'm a loner But I just call it being free President-elect Joe Biden is continuing to prepare to assume office on January 20 despite Donald Trump's refusal to concede after losing the 2020 election. The president-elect on Thursday also travelled to Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, where he has a vacation comb, uh, vacation comb, (laughs) vacation home, and where he is expected to stay through part of the weekend. Biden, who on Wednesday named Washington veteran Ronald A. Klain as his incoming White House chief of staff, is not expected to formally announce other administration personnel this week. One intriguing name being discussed privately is former Democratic presidential nominee Hillary Clinton as the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations. The thinking behind the move was that it would be a way for Biden to highlight the importance of that position in his administration and that placing her there would raise the prestige of the U.N. <laughs> People will respect, imagine imagine believing this. People will respect the UN more if Hillary Clinton's running it. (laughs) Wow. You've really been outdone by a group of political fucking geniuses here, haven't you? (laughs) Fire is raging deep inside. Placing her there would raise the prestige of the UN itself at a time when global cooperation and the US role on the world stage has ebbed. <laughs> that is the coming together, Monica in the chat. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Come together and heal. All right, one last one for you. This fucking clown. Uh, Keith Olbermann doesn't upset me, doesn't offend me. He doesn't make me laugh. He doesn't make me cry. I just think he's a turkey. So let's hear what Olbermann has to say. Another Olbermann rant. I've often said before, like, Keith Olbermann thinks he's a good ranter, but he's really not. Because people haven't been educated in the art of ranting these days. People, no, Nobody appreciates ranting. For mine, Alex Jones is the best ranter on the internet who's ever lived. Because Alex doesn't have one gear, right? Alex, and Alex rant is like a symphony. There are peaks and troughs. There's tempo changes and timing changes. 
There's pitch changes. It's a story. It's a ride, an Alex Jones rant. Keith Olbermann only has one gear, which is... (laughs) Any idiot can go 100 miles an hour all the time. There's no art to it. You know, Keith Olbermann, if you were to say his rant is art, it's like taking a shit on a canvas and then rubbing your hands on the canvas and saying that's art. It's really not. That's a, a baby could do that. Exactly. Iceman. Alex is the king of the rant. So let's see what Keith Olbermann has to say about this idea of coming together and healing. This is Olbermann versus Trump and I'm not Trump. Prosecute them all. Three weeks after the election, the candidate who got the most votes against him in U.S. history continues to hold this nation hostage. This will end with him defeated and not democracy defeated. Uh But the president-elect is also hinting, as Obama did in 2008, that he does not want to overshadow his own presidency with prosecutions of the previous one. In 2008, this was called criminalizing... (laughs) Obama just locked up the journalists who were exposing his corruption instead. (laughs) One Step Too Far with a diamond. Follow One Step Too Far on YouTube, by the way, if he hasn't lost yet another YouTube account. One Step Too Far. Olbermann makes me shit myself with rage. (laughs) Policy differences. God damn it. When the policy differences are between maintaining American democracy and substituting racist one-party rule, you're goddamn right. We want to criminalize policy differences. Uh We not only want that, when it comes to an outgoing administration which is criminally guilty of trying to privatize the government, which is criminally negligent in the deaths of 250,000 Americans so far. Criminally guilty of trying to privatize the government? Aren't you the ones that are going to be doing all the deals with all of these private companies when it comes to, you know, COVID-19 enforcement? Aren't you the ones with, like, all of the private companies on the transition team, like Uber and Amazon and... Ah, that's... uh, Whatever. People don't care about that stuff. Bar, and which is criminally liable for the current attempted coup, we also want as many members as possible of this corrupt, immoral, anti-democratic outgoing... You see what I mean? He's just got one gear. He doesn't slow down. He doesn't speed up. He doesn't lower his voice. He doesn't drag you in, right? Because if Alex Jones was doing this rant, it wouldn't be like this. Alex would be like, you know, there's people out there who are criminally responsible. And this isn't about democracy. This is about the republic. And there are people that we need to act on. Because I feel it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> You're right. You know what I mean? It's, it's a story. He's into it. This guy's just like, he's a barking dog. He's no different to a dog barking in a backyard going, look at me. Look at me. <laughs> His only gear is retardation. Going administration indicted, arrested, tried, and imprisoned. We want enough of them in there that they can hold reunions and birthday parties. We want the prison so filled with Trump's and Trump flunkies and Trump apologists uh-huh. and Trump enablers that we have to convert Trump buildings. Into- Haven't they been saying for the last four years that lock her up and lock him up is the wrong thing to be chanting? I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's obvious that whenever the weeks after an election it's as though the previous four years or the previous eight years just never happened to these people. 
They never happened. You know, when Trump won in 2016, they pretended like the previous eight years of Obama never happened and everything was perfect. Everything was going amazingly well and it was perfect. And Donald Trump only ran because for some reason, a whole bunch of Obama supporters instantly became racist on one day. And now after the last four years, they're going to pretend like the last four years never happened. They're going to say that we've been too nice for the last four years. They're going to say that it's wrong to say lock him up after four years, right? All of the things they've been saying for four years no longer exist. That, ladies and gentlemen, is how you heal. That is how you move on and heal. You forget the last four years ever happened. (laughs) But you have to forget. They don't. They just pretend like it didn't happen. You're the ones that have to forget. With that, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of tonight's edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you had a lovely time. I certainly did. Let me get all my shit together here. I'm opening that chest for you all right now. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course... If you'd like to move on and heal, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. Don't forget to follow all of our friends, Irrational Times, Coffee Talk with Sandra, everybody's favourite lover of French women, Mersh, Joy of Pessy, Major Tom, Sunday Night Shit Show, JJ Stoner, uh, Dave, Way Dave with Lois Ropez, tip of the hat to the ROTC boys, Mr. America, the Bearded Truth, Winning TV tomorrow night at 6.30, ladies and gentlemen. You got the Kimmy Show on Thursdays while Sandra Kimmy. Uh, and, of course, Victor Von True the great Victor Von Schrum. So, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, stay calm, stay rational, God bless, and we'll see you on Wednesday. Bye-bye.